the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I know a place where we can go to lay the troubles down in your soul. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Now, your host, Eric Cartier, Senior Pastor of Rocky Mountain Calvary Church. Like a tide, it is rising up deep inside a current that moves and makes it come alive. Welcome to Crosswalk Colorado Springs with Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. Thanks so much for listening. I've got David Galvant with me. This is part two of suicide prevention and mental health. If you happen to miss part one, you can go to our podcast, Colorado Springs Crosswalk. Anywhere you find your podcast, listen to uh, part one. But this is such a needed and important topic and there is hope in Christ inside of this uh, yeah, topic. So welcome back, is. David. Oh, thanks so much for having me back. I'm so excited to be with you all. And I hope that you did catch our last podcast because you'll need that even for today. But if you haven't, listen today and then go back and listen to the last one. That's great. That That's awesome. <laughs> well, let's jump right in here. Uh, how would you describe being healthy mentally, especially from a biblical perspective? I, I, you know, we talk a lot about mental health and I think... Some of the negative aspects where yeah. we get off track, but what does it even look like, you know, to be healthy mentally? Yeah. Yeah. So I want to make sure and first and foremost address the fact that we are a whole person, mm-hmm. that the mental side of us or the physical side of us or the emotional side of us or the, uh, the, the relational side of us, those are not separate. Those are all holistically together and all of those impact another aspect of who we are. And the Imago Day, the way that we were fearfully and wonderfully made, um, requires that all of those pieces are interacting with one another. And sometimes we get off track with that. Um, we ever see or notice when our relationships are not doing well, it's impacting our physical side of us or even right. our mental health. Uh, we ever notice uh, or even our spiritual walk because of the relation sides are, are, are not well. We even notice when we're not feeling well. You ever got sick and then notice how like it impacts your relationships? Right. Because everyone, like you're the being cared for. Um, I was taking my uh, father-in-law to work the other day. He's not doing well. So we are now like the ongoing Uber to get him to work to make sure he's good. Um, But I asked him the question, you know, like, like what are the days like for you right now? And he goes, "Uh, it's the most depressing days when somebody has to help me. Mm. And that's because we're sick. We're not feeling well. And so that's impacting his mental wellness. And all I'm doing is taking him to work. So yeah. we have to first and foremost understand that we are created as the Imago Dei, the image of God, Yeah, which all of those aspects are a part of. Luke 2.52 says this in, in regards to Jesus. Luke being a doctor, okay, all he had to do was talk about the physical side. And he's, he wrote, and Jesus grew. That's all he had to write. Right. But Luke did not write that. Luke wrote, he grew in wisdom and stature in favor with man and favor with God. Right. Which are four uh, distinct aspects of who Jesus is. Yeah. Uh, he grew in wisdom. He grew in his mental and emotional health. 
He grew in stature. He grew physically. Yeah. He grew in favor with man, which are his relationships, and then favor with God, which is his spiritual walk. So that's who we are mm. as a person. That's the example that we have. Yeah. When those things are broken or when those things get impacted, then our mental health gets impacted, mm. just like anything else. Um, being well mentally, even from a biblical standpoint, requires that we do some things. First and foremost, if we talk about being well mentally, we talk about the aspect of loving our Lord God, Lord Jesus, with all of our heart, mind, strength, and soul, right. right? Yeah. So there's distinct things even in that that say, hey, you got to do these things. Now, remember, your soul is your mind, will, and your emotions. So that's all those aspects coming together. Say, okay, you got to love them with all those things. So those have to grow. So mm-hmm. how do we grow those things? What do we do? Uh, there are so many biblical representations on how we grow our mental wellness. Mental wellness grows in relationships, community. That's right. Um, yeah. The enemy, you said this even in our last podcast, but you said uh, he grows in isolation. Okay, mm-hmm. the enemy loves isolation. So you know what that means in turns. The Lord loves community. That's right. That's he right. loves community. Yeah. Acts two says, "Do uh, Acts two forty says, do not forsake the gathering mm-hmm. to coming of together." Okay. Yeah. So if you're that individual today that you're like, I need to get well mentally. Uh, there are some things that I need to do, uh, and this might be helpful for you. Get into a community group. Find something yeah. to do. make it pickleball. Find yeah. something to do activity-wise uh, with a group of friends, and you're like, hey, we go to this yeah. movie together, whatever that a may be. A running club. Yeah. A running club, yeah. whatever that is. So that's a healthy thing to do. Yeah. That's why small groups in a church setting are so, good. so instrumental. Yeah. Um, or even just doing dinner parties with one another. Those Invite are so people over, yeah. Yeah, so that's yeah. a good piece. Uh, the other side, in order to get well, um, are things that you want to do to say, hey, what do I do uh, from a biblical standpoint is... What do I do with my mind? Are you giving your mind breaks? Hmm. The Lord asks us to meditate on him. Right. To think about him. Put our mind on him. Put our mind on him. Put our mind on Christ. So one of the ways that you can become mentally healthy is to stop and like just think and Hmm. sit for two minutes. All I'm going to ask is for two minutes. For the first minute, you're going to get so distracted. Could you imagine sitting there for 30 seconds? Someone was like, no, please don't ask me. But then what you do is in the midst of that, just focus back on Jesus. Yeah. It's interesting you say that just probably the last year, I've kind of changed up my routine a little bit. And one, I'm drinking more tea than coffee and I said it out loud, <laughs> oh, but no. I, I'm trying to get up early enough where I'm starting my day where that first cup of tea is just sitting quiet yeah. uh, with the Lord on the couch. And yeah. I like getting into the word as well, yeah. but just to still my soul yeah. and, and try to uh, listen, you know, yeah. I, I heard of a, a leader, his name's Wes Stafford, uh, he used to lead uh, Compassion, and he would start his day with yep. the first 30 minutes just sitting still in a quiet, dark room wow. waiting on the Lord, you know, and that it's so hard to do, but I, I feel like those have been some of the, the best moments with God where I'm just still, but I'll admit, it's even first thing in the morning, it's really hard for me to do. It know? is completely difficult, and I think... It's because we're so fast paced in the world, but if we want to be healthy on a mental health level, yeah, okay, physically we know what to do. Like you, there's enough information out there, and information even on uh, relational. There's like enough like gatherings and events and all these things. Spiritual, there's enough churches, there's enough guidance there. But on a mental health level, they're like, what do we do? Sometimes it's just allowing us to bring awareness. Like it's there. Yeah, you've got to do that. One of the resources. That I want to mention is this uh, resource called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality Day by Day. It's a mm. 40-day devotional. 
Mm. And each one of those begins with two minutes of silence and ends with two minutes of silence. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it does a really good practice of stop. We're going to go through this devotional, let, let it um, bring application to you. And then two minutes afterwards of silence. There are some even church, um, uh, liturgical churches that after the sermon, they actually provide a time of meditation. Mm. Of where they provide like a special music or whatever. And sometimes we get wound in the music, yeah. but we realize it's a time of reflection. Think about the message. Think yeah. about the truth that you just heard. Yeah. yeah and how's it applicable to your life? And I think mm. these are things that we as people of, the, of faith and people of the church that like, hey, in order to be mentally well, like this is in the Bible. Like it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's part of the ethos of what the church was built on. Right. And, and so- um, you know, people are like, well, what else can we do? We can do exercise. Uh, you can actually uh, be accountable to things. Mm-hmm. These are all healthy things, creating boundaries. This is a way right. to be emotionally and mentally healthy. Um, Might and, be saying yes to too many things. Yeah. So uh, someone said it to me recently, uh, your no, you being strong enough to say no allows you to be fully available when you say yes. It's mm, good. And so these are things that are helpful for our mental health as we look at what that is. The other things is, is to know your capacity hmm. is to truly and authentically know that as an individual say, Hey, I've got to pause. Like I need to recoup. I need to recruit everything that's gone on and go through that process. Um, now some of us are saying, well, I've done all these things and, and I've gone through this process. And, and I hope even in the midst of that, that you've actually seen a professional to say, Hey, am I dealing with more than just um, of, of sadness. Am I, is right. there depression going on or is there more than just anxiousness? I have anxiety because we're all going to be anxious. So uh, even some of the practices that we use in our house is just breathing. Mm-hmm. Just the mere fact of like accounting one, two, three, breathe, one, two, three, and just getting your heart back to that place. These are all uh, things that we see biblically uh, done. And so hopefully those are helpful to you. That's great. Thanks, David. You're listening to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. I'm with David Galvant. We're talking about mental health, suicide prevention. We're going to head to a break, uh, so stay with us. Uh, you're listening to 100.7, the word Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Crosswalk, Colorado Springs on 100.7, the word. Welcome back to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. David Galvant is with me. We are talking about suicide prevention and mental health. He is the director of Soul Shop Movement. You can check that out, soulshopmovement.org. The next question we're going to wrestle with and discuss is where is suicide and also mental illness in the Bible? Kind of a big topic, yeah. <laughs> but I think something that people are wondering about. Yeah, so. they often, uh, I get this question often, like, well, is it really in the Bible? And uh, I love Ecclesiastes, and it said, uh, nothing's new under the sun. It's all right. been here the whole time. And um, it's the way that we see that or the way that it's unveiled to us. Uh, many times we don't even realize that scripturally there are things happening within the Bible um, that we would even notice. And so like, I'll even say like Psalms 55, Psalms 55, but as you read it, we, we begin to understand like Psalms 55 could be um, actually clinically uh, uh, seen as a panic attack. 
Hmm. It's a heart thumping. Yeah. It's all these things going on. It could be seen as a uh, authentic panic attack. This is just someone who's written that out. You see often over 19 times in the Old Testament and even uh, seven times in the um, New Testament, you'll see madness referenced. Hmm. Madness is often the illustration of mental illness and yeah. things that we see. And so it's, it's scripturally done over and over again. Uh, in regards to mental illness, uh, there are some uh, 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 writers that have even shown in, that uh, you could look at even the Psalms with David, and he might be uh, de- uh, major depressive or and or bipolar. Just listening to the things that he would say, right? The up, down, the up, the down. Um, yeah. Saul, mm-hmm. Saul would probably be categorized in the context of schizophrenia or clinically diagnosed that way. Like there were certain things, his coping skill was that that. That that harp that when David would play, like yeah, he would be throw okay. the spear, throw in the spears. These are all things that are going on. These are actual um, signs and symptoms of someone living with uh, schizophrenia. Uh, that's why that resource I mentioned earlier, gracefully afflicted, a clinical and biblical perspective on mental illness. Matt, Doctor Matthew Stafford goes through it very, very succinctly and like chapter by chapter, showing those things that are going on, even with uh, suicide. People are like, suicide's not in the Bible. Now, often when we think about suicide, who's the first person that we all go to? Judas, right? Judas, Judas yeah. is like number one. Yeah. He's number one. Um, and so I always encourage churches to like, hey, the best time to talk about suicide outside of Suicide Prevention Month in September is uh, during Easter mm-hmm. because it's a message of hope. That's right. We lose a person who Jesus, and this is just, again, an encouragement to you all, if you've lost a friend to suicide, um, an individual family member, uh, with all condolences and with all honor to you as a suicide loss survivor, um, Jesus even lost a close friend to suicide. Hmm. Someone he loved and Someone he loved. Yeah. Spent every day with for three years, poured his life into. Who yeah. dipped into his cup. Yeah. Who was that close to him that he lost a suicide and did everything that he could do. And so even as you, if someone that has lost someone to suicide, know that we can only do what we can do. Everyone gets to make their own choices. But right. as we look at biblical uh, representation of this, we see so many of different ones. You see a uh, suicide to save face, um, the falling on the sword. Right. Uh, with, Saul. with Saul. Yeah. yeah. You see um, uh, uh, different individuals with suicide by um, by sailors. So you see actually uh, Jonah being kicked off the boat. He's like, yeah. he did everything to antagonize him so that he could get off right. that boat. Right. Uh, you got suicide. That's a cool story with Jonah because yeah. he really was trying to commit suicide. Yeah. And God rescued him. Yep. You know, sent, sent the great fish to swallow him. Right. Uh, and I have... Several friends were, uh, that's their story, you know, where they, they attempted suicide and yep. God rescued them and it led to them having hope and being able to share with others, you know. Yeah. Uh, and those uh, are things that we have to realize that this is a real person's story. These these references that I'm giving for suicide hmm. are not just, I've never know, thought of Jonah in that way. Yeah. Hmm. It's yeah. interesting, right? And so you see, um, even with, uh, we, we've talked before about the jailer in Acts 16 yeah. that draws a sword, is about to kill himself. Paul and Silas are in there. There's nu- numerous different things that happen within the Bible in regards to suicide. Um, but sometimes we don't realize that it's there until we are awakened to it, until right. we are seen to it. And um, and that moment we must like address and say, okay, like how do we do this? Like What do we do with it? 
Mm-hmm. And so from a biblical standpoint, it's not so that we can hold it over somebody to say, look, you shouldn't do this because right. of the Bible. Like, um, there are, are a lot more churches that are, are going to the approach of grace, like on uh, a graceful approach and understanding like, more hey, like, Hey, look, here's some people that have struggled in the yes, Bible in this way, in this yeah. way so that we can bring you into the fold of hope. Right. Like, and that's the go- the goal that we have as a church. And so it's not so that we can equip ourselves, but it's more so whenever I talk about suicide and mental health in the Bible, it's so that people know, Hey, um, you're not alone. Right. This yeah. I, I echo that and, and hear that is when you, so many times when we read the Bible, we tend to think they're not like us. They're, yeah. they're superstars. We put them on the, the pedestal. Right. But the book of James tells us Elijah was a man with like passions, and he got to a point where he wasn't going to take his own life, right. but he's asking God to take his life. He right. was that uh, discouraged. And to know the those depths of struggle, those in the Bible struggled in those same ways right. and met the Lord in, in those struggles. You know, I think of Lamentations chapter three as well, and like, if you're you're having a good day and you don't yeah. want to be bummed out, like maybe don't read re- Lamentations, <laughs> you know, but it literally means weeping. And he's just like yeah. broken for three chapters. And he says, my strength and my hope have perished from God. Uh, remember my affliction and my roaming, the wormwood and the gall my soul remembers and sinks within me. You know, he's saying that his soul is just sinking uh, within within him. And he says, this I recall to mind, therefore I have hope. So he yeah. he lost hope and now he's regaining hope. And he says, through the Lord's mercies, we're not consumed. But Jeremiah really, yep. really struggled. And so many times we just don't see our, our, our biblical characters in light of their humanity. Right. Mm-hmm. And even Job. Right. Like Job, like Job's sitting there and like, this is a person that, that God says, hey, you can go like, he's the, he's it. He's the man. Right. He's the man. Go do it. He's the gold standard. He's the gold standard, <laughs> right? And in Job, we read this. It says, if I say my bed will comfort me, my couch will ease my complaint, then you frighten me with dreams and terrify my visions, so my soul would choose suffocation, death, rather than its pains. Hmm. We find this in Job uh, chapter 7, 13 through 15. We see that. And like, this is a man of desperate place. Mm-hmm. And he's the gold standard. Hmm. He's the gold standard and said, no, 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 no. Here's, here's another one. This, this will be interesting. Like, cause people often, they're like, well, what, what about Jesus? Like, okay, fine. I'm going to get you because like Jesus was never tempted with suicide. Like he, he wasn't. Cause he says he was tempted with all things like man was right. Right. And I give you two things to think about. One is, uh, he knows the cross is coming and he says, not my will, but your will. He's in the midst of like hard pain, desperation, right? Mm-hmm. And he still chooses God's will. We can be in that place of hurt and pain and know something's coming, uh, hopelessness. We actually see individuals that are experiencing suicide or thoughts of suicide in hopeless situations where they're like, there's no other way out of this. There's no other way out of this. Okay. So why do I use start there with Jesus? Because we then see um, a story from earlier uh, which we might have to get to after the break, but I, I want us to think about how often we see um, and think as people that the suicide is not in the Bible. I, the reality it is laced inside there. Unfortunately, um, it's there. 
Yeah. And so we're going to pick up, I want to pick up with this story about Jesus after, after the break, because I want to show you kind of how the enemy comes in and talks to us and tries to question things that are going inside of us. So good. Thanks, David. You're listening to Crosswalk on 100.7, Crosswalk Colorado Springs. Stay with us as we talk about this important topic of suicide and suicide prevention. We'll be right back. This is Crosswalk Colorado Springs on 100.7, The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. This is the second part of suicide prevention and mental health. David Galvant uh, is with me from the Soul Shop uh, Movement. We were just uh, discussing suicide and the Bible and that Jesus was tempted in all ways like we are yet without sin. And that would also include thoughts of uh, suicide. So we'll pick up there where we left off. Yeah. And so... We see Jesus, uh, if you go to Matthew 4, you read the story of him fasting for 40 days and for 40 nights. And the most understated verse in that time says, and he was hungry. Hmm. And I was like, of course he's hungry. Yeah, so Lord, hungry. So hungry. Yeah. Um, and, and we see this. And then we he encounters three distinct moments with the enemy. The enemy first questions, uh, if you look back in Matthew 13, or Matthew 3, sorry, verses 13 through 17, we see him being baptized. And so Jesus is told that he's the son from the father. He says, this is my son whom I love and I'm well pleased with. Three distinct ideas that get challenged in Matthew 4 when the enemy sees them. The first thing he says, the enemy says, hey, if you are truly the son, turn these stones into bread. And he can't do it. He's like, I'm not doing it because I don't work at Panera. But no, <laughs> he just says, he says, a man does not live off bread alone. Okay, yeah. But every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. So, mm-hmm. so you see this temptation thing going on, right? Like being forced into these ideas and really the enemy in my mind, metaphorically is the intrusive thoughts pushing that away. Now this is full representation. Like this is the enemy on land here with Jesus, like right. going through this process, right? Incarnate. And so then you go to the second thing that he gets, he's like, all right, fine. He takes him to the highest place in the city, highest place in the city. And he says, um, to the highest building. And he says, uh, if he truly loves you, like honestly, if, if he's your God, if you're the son of man, if he loves you, he says he will command his angels to catch you. Um, and I'm paraphrasing this because in that one moment, he's standing on the corner of a building. Now I was telling a friend of mine of this who had just recently um, had a trip to Jerusalem. Hmm. And he said, I stood on that building hmm. and I stood on that corner. And he said, because of all the stuff that's happened terrain, he goes, it's not as high as it was before. They've told me this. Right. But it's, he said it was a tall building. Yeah. And when we think, well, Jesus wasn't tempted with what I was tempted with. The enemy then tells him jump. Right. Says jump, just jump, just jump. It'll be fine. Yeah. Cause scripture says that he will command his angels to guard you and protect you, to catch you, that your head, your foot would not hit a stone. Yeah. And, um, the enemy, even in intrusive thoughts, will use scripture yeah, to t- justify this. He'll thing. twist scripture. Twist it. He knows you. scripture. Yeah. Yes. And and Jesus in that moment, being tempted with suicide, says, the scripture also says, do not test the Lord. Your God. Mm-hmm. And I find that to be very intriguing because mm. um, he's hungry. He's hurt. Like he's. 
probably thirsty. He's all these things sitting there. And yet in the midst of that, with the resiliency that he has, he says, I'm not going to jump. I'm not going to do it. Right. Right. And so the enemy tempting all three of these ideas says, fine, I'm going to win and I'll go, I'll take you to the highest place in the mountain. And I'm going to, if you bow down and worship me, which is a sign of honor and a sign of worth and, um, and, and value. And so he says, no, I'm not going to get behind me. Satan and the angels come to his, his aid. I think that is a great representation in regards to understanding that suicide is in the Bible. Yeah. Uh, our, our maker, our, our, the son, the son has in, uh, incurred that even in his life. And that's a great encouragement when we struggle is to know that Jesus does understand yeah. You know, so many times we don't understand. We talked about that, like yep. being honest, like I don't understand. Isaiah 53 says, Jesus was a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. You yeah. know, and he, he bore our, our sorrows and just like he understands lust, you know, yep. and covetousness. He also understands uh, these intrusive thoughts of suicide. And Hebrews four tells us that we've got open access, you know, to come to the very throne room of God to yeah. Jesus and he is our faithful and merciful high priest to give grace and mercy in time of need, you know, because yeah. to think about God, if he never came in human flesh, you know, where he's all powerful, all knowing, not tempted with sin, but in his humanity, he was tempted with sin. He never right. gave in to sin, but he fully understands and he fully, fully gets it. And to go to him and say, Jesus, would you help me? You know, I can't find my way out of this, right. you know? That is the, the, the solace and the, the hope that we have in Christ. This is why um, even clinicians know that one of the greatest protective factors for an individual is their spiritual walk. Hmm. Like it's a great protective factor. Hmm. Um, Isaiah 61 says that the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And hmm. Jesus reads this, right? Right. And he's in temple because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And I think that is the hope that we have in our faith. You know, as we encounter thoughts of suicide, which thoughts of suicide are common, right? They're common. They're not just the ones that are like, oh, I think I should kill myself. They're not like the, where we, uh, we receive these almost theatrically done. Um, uh, what thoughts of suicide are, well, no one would really notice if I'm not here anymore. Mm-hmm. Nobody really uh, cares or um, if I'm not here, if I'm gone tomorrow, it wouldn't really matter. These are things that would happen. Like these are thoughts that come now. What do we do with that? What do we do with these thoughts? Now that we know they're common, first and foremost, if they're common and we're not saying anything about them, the enemy's winning because he's like, oh, they're like, you know, you're fine. You're different than everybody else. Like Mm -hmm. you should just go. And the reality is that uh, that's not true. Mm -hmm. That's not true. So, so when we take that idea and this, um, the, the scripture that talks in regards to taking our thoughts captive, right? right? Yeah. Like, what do we do with that? And if someone is living with a mental health illness, sometimes that's hard to take your thoughts captive. These are intrusive thoughts. They are, uh, they could be living with delusions and hallucinations and neuro, this is neurochemically happening to them. 
Um, what do we do with that? And first and foremost is developing a strategy and a plan for yourself to say, how will I take these thoughts captive? Right. Will I entertain them? Will I allow them to hang out for a while? Will I foster them? Will I yeah. foster them? Or will I, will I acknowledge them? Like, you know what? That's a real thought. Why am I having that? Thought? Right. Yeah. Like what is, what is perpetuating that thought for me right now? Right. Um, I know I've been in trainings for suicide prevention and I got to a place where I was like, I wish somebody would just ask me. I wish somebody would just inquire of me enough to say, are you thinking about suicide? Are you thinking about killing yourself? So that I had that place in solace to say, I could, I could tell you. Hmm. There's many people walking around and many people even listening today. You may have had these thoughts. Mm-hmm. And maybe afraid to let someone know. And like we said on the last, our last podcast, like I ask that you take the courageousness to step out yeah, and let someone know, Hey, I've had these thoughts. Mm-hmm. I need your support. I need your help. Yeah. With someone that you trust. Yep. Maybe it's a counselor, a therapist, maybe it's a church leader. Maybe it's a small group leader, a friend, but someone that you trust. Yeah. Um, I have an example of this. I was doing a training and we talk about using suicide in a sentence and this, um, Older woman was part of the training and she later on emailed me and she goes, I was just telling a friend of mine that I went to the suicide prevention training and she stopped me and she said, I've been wanting to tell someone hmm. I was having. Wow. And just by using it as a sentence change. Wow. Yeah. That's really powerful. You're listening to Crosswalk Colorado Springs with Pastor Eric Cartier and David Dalvant from Soul Shop Movement. Uh, he is the director. Stay with us. We've got one more segment, so don't go away, and we'll be right back. You're listening to 100.7 The Word. Crosswalk Colorado Springs on 100.7 The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. I've got David Galvant uh, with me uh, today as we're looking at the very pertinent subject of suicide and mental illness and prevention. And we have been discussing on the two-part series uh, just how God brings us hope in this this area. We just finished up where, you know, our minds might be in a really hopeless negative track. Jesus knows, he understands. And taking our thoughts captive, we don't have to stay in right. that that mindset. But David, what do we do where we've got a loved one? I'm sure there's people listening. They're like, man, this is so close to home. It's it's painful. Yeah. You know, my husband's really struggling. My teenager's struggling. I've got a coworker that I obviously can tell is struggling. Where do we go from here? Yeah. yeah. Um, I know many of us are in that situation. Like we know statistically um, that many of us are there right now. And uh, first and foremost, I just want to provide you with encouragement that I'm glad you're their friend. Mm, I'm glad good. that you are their friend, their family member, because you're close to them. And um, just like anyone else, as we see biblically, like just being present is a necessary factor and a protective factor for people. And so when we think about how do we help that person and what do we go through, first and foremost, Uh, Like we mentioned, even on the last podcast, like we must be inquirers of that person and not an investigator. We must be somebody who's curious about them and what's going on, not, not just being burdensome and, and, and upset and angry and mad, but coming in with the right heart. And so first and foremost, 
as believers, I would just ask that you would prayerfully consider how you would approach that mm-hmm. in, a, in a manner that is respectable and honoring to the person without bringing more shame to their current despair and where they're at. Yeah. But really being the person that says, uh, we're here for them. I'm here for them. Mm-hmm. And if you're here for someone, you're here for someone the way that they need help, not That's the good. way that you think they need help. And so That's as really we talked about mental health and suicide, what we need to realize is just because someone's navigating a mental illness does not mean that it's automatically a suicide is available. Right. They may be risk for it and a higher risk, but the reality is it doesn't automatically mean that's the case. Much like uh, if you broke your leg, it doesn't automatically mean that your body's going to die. It just means that there's a risk for that if you get sepsis or whatever that may be. But the reality is that you just have a broken leg. And so when I talk about uh, suicide prevention and how do we help, first and foremost, uh, we talked earlier about stigma. And so we want to make sure address that. Like, how do you talk about death? Like, you're killing it. Um, man, I'm so dead from today. Yeah. Whatever you use, like we, even as believers, we use a lot of language that is death invoking. So deep in our culture. Yeah. yeah. So we just say it and we yeah. don't realize how much we're giving uh, honor and merit to death. Like, right. Like we don't even realize that. So, so I would just ask that we would look at our language. Some of the things that we discuss in regards to suicide is even how we um, talk about suicide. So previously it's like completed successful or even committed suicide. Those are like language and dialogue that we use. Um, the, the suggestion now is even saying death by suicide or died by suicide. Just okay. so people are like, that's how they died. Like that's, yeah. that's what it is. Uh, versus like this person, like ultimately is the worst thing in the world. Even like thinking about officiating a funeral or talking about somebody who just had lost someone to suicide. Like all they hear is, Oh, they committed suicide. They committed suicide. Like that is not a uh, life giving and life producing. So I often will encourage, Hey, using death by suicide or, died by suicide. Hmm. The other thing that is helpful in that is in the languaging of it is when we address suicide, um, asking people like, what are their, like, like when you hear that, what, what goes through your mind? Like, what do you think about? Often it's sad, angry, um, upset, just because there's so much emotion attached to that one word. There aren't many words in our, our lexicon that actually have that much emotion right. evoked with them. So much pain, yeah. So much pain that's in there. So knowing where someone's pain is at is helpful. And so um, there are trainings for these types of things. So I would highly encourage if you are interested in helping others that are thinking about suicide or navigating or journeying with mental illness, um, I would encourage you to do those. So one of those is um, Soul Shop, which is what we do. It's it's equipping faith-based leaders to minister to those with suicidal desperation and it's geared towards leaders as well as there's some geared towards congregations. And as we work together so that we can create a safe place for our people, um, we're going to be hosting a couple of those in uh, August and September here in uh, Paso County, College Springs area. So we'll get you all that information as we solidify those dates. And I'll be mentioning those on crosswalk as that comes. So stay tuned. We'll, we'll get the word out about those for sure. Awesome. Very cool. And then, the other things are things like youth mental health first aid, which is an eight hour training. It goes over all of the type of different mental illnesses, suicide prevention, but it's a certification that's worth uh, three years of certification. You can renew it every three yeah. years through a process. We'd also encourage QPR, which stands for question, persuade, and refer. Um, that training, I think um, it's an hour and a half, close to two hours, but it's just solely on suicide prevention, on how to ask the question, questioning. Asking the question, helping somebody and providing them, persuading them to get the help, 
and then referring them to where they need to go. Um, so there's many different resources that are out there training wise. A couple things that I want to leave with you as listeners and those that are part of this. If you have someone that you're thinking about that is that you're concerned about, that you're worried about, that is con- contemplating suicide, a couple things I'd like you to do. Number one, um, ask the Lord for your boldness. Mm-hmm. The boldness to ask the question because right. there's fear, right? There's there fear is, that yeah. like, if I ask this question, I'm putting the thought in their head. Just to be clear, you will never put the thought in someone's head. Yeah. You just won't. The second thing that I want you to know is that by asking the question, you could be saving a life. Right. It's worth the awkwardness for sure. Yeah. So I would say, uh, and when I mean by asking the question, there are different ways that you can ask the question. I'll give you a couple of those today. Yeah. But I would encourage you, if you're going to ask the question, know where to take someone. So first, Hmm. know your referrals. Where are Hmm. you going to take them? Where are they going to go? Um, there are uh, many different resources here locally in El Paso County um, that you can take someone to that if you are concerned about them, you can call uh, 911. They will actually be there to help. They uh, We have a crisis response team that goes out with our law enforcement because of these things. So there's a lot that's in work and in play here. So please make sure you know your resources yes, in yeah. the midst of that. But your questions you're going to ask are things like, uh, you could say something like, um, many people who have gone through things that you've gone through have thought about suicide. Are you thinking about suicide? Hmm. Um, you could directly ask them, are you thinking about suicide um, or are you thinking about killing yourself? Mm-hmm. These are two direct questions that are very, very, very hard to get around. Right. The last one, the latter of all those, um, is definitely like the one you can't get around is the one that I often say that's the most recommended is, are you thinking about killing yourself? Yeah. And do you have a plan? Right. Those are the two questions that you're asking. Um, they're difficult. They might sound hard to, to ask, but the reality is that um, even through your courageousness and boldness to ask, you may open up a door to somebody and say, hey, uh, I've been waiting for someone for years to ask me this question. Hmm. And so I would encourage you to do that and encourage you to get the training with that mm-hmm. so that you're prepared for those situations. Could you imagine, imagine a world without CPR. Right. Every time I ask that question, no matter where I go, they're like, we'd have a lot more dead people. Yeah. And I go, I think without the help and the equipping of the information, we have a lot more dead people because of suicide. Right. Um, Suicide is like taking a plane and crashing it into a building, a commercial plane, crashing a building every day. Yeah. And we're losing that many people. Yeah. So as we have these conversations and as we talk about these, Know that you're asking the question to get the person help, not to indict them, not to right. not to accuse them, but to get them to the place of hope and help healing that they need. And so asking the question, those are all resources if you're thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Just the mere fact that you'd reach out is can change a life. And using suicide in a sentence has a significant impact. Mm, so good. David, thanks for doing this two-part series uh, with me. It's been so great to have you. Yeah, yeah. it's been such an honor and privilege. If you're listening today, here's what I let you know. Please know there's hope is always available. That's right. Know that you are there to provide help, healing, and hope to others and that you're not forgotten. All right. Till next time, guys. God bless. Thanks so much for listening. This has been Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary and David Galvant from soulshopmovement.com. Hope that you have a great evening. Remember that you're loved, that God sees you, that he cares for you, that he died for you, and have a great evening. That's it for now. It couldn't fill me.
praise and treasures that fade are never enough. Then you came along. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.